Three, two, one. We are officially on. Welcome to another episode of the True Leisure Podcast. Well, big welcome to everyone who is watching. I hope you all are having a wonderful day so far. Today, we're talking about hobbies. Everyone has hobbies, certain activities that they do for fun during their leisure time. Many people play sports. Others enjoy art. Well, some people do things like collect. As we go through the various stages of our life from childhood to teenage years all the way into adulthood, many hobbies and interests change and evolve while others stay the same. That holds true for me, and I'm sure it holds true for my colleagues as well. But first, before we get into that, let's talk about the actual concept of what hobbies are. Let's start with Alex. Alex, what is a hobby to you? Can you tell us? Yes, sir. So, I guess a hobby to me is something that it's just something that you do, whether it be frequently or infrequently, during your leisure time. So, on the extreme end, this could be. I guess you could define hobby like eating as a hobby or going to school, stuff like that. You would consider going to school a hobby because it's leisure time? Yes. Okay. Do you have, like I said before in the intro, I said... Over the years, many people have hobbies that change. Do you have any hobbies that have changed over the years? Right. Okay. So, the biggest one for me is definitely guitar. Okay. So, the way it started was my dad was super into it, right? Mm -hmm. And later on, I was still doing it. I went to classes. And then I talked to my grandpa and he, so my grandpa's an artist and he has this rule for himself that he draws at least one thing every single day, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And he is relatively well-known or he's definitely an expert maybe expert's not a good word like master right okay so he told me that he wanted to see me performing on the tv before he died right and So I started practicing guitar for like two hours a day. And then all of a sudden, I just kind of decided that it wasn't fun anymore and I stopped doing it. Okay. So. hmm. So I guess the reasoning for stopping would be the pressure. Because it's kind of artificial when you have stakes like that right right it's not solely because of the fact that i want to do it Mm -hmm. but 
what's another reason? Another reason could be I wasn't teaching myself correctly or Mm -hmm. in an efficient enough way that I could see progress. Like you kind of, I was kind of plateauing because I wasn't sure how to improve. I was just kind of mindlessly playing. So a lack of uh, set goals, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But do you think that those lack of goals came from the fact that part you weren't playing guitar for yourself fully? And that's why you didn't set any goals for yourself? So there weren't zero goals. I had that one huge goal, right? Right. But part of it was just immaturity, like my... I don't think I was intelligent enough to know that I need goals, otherwise I'm not going to stay motivated. Mm -hmm. And definitely the lack of drive to do it contributed to that as well. Okay. Um, Anybody else have any hobbies that they aren't doing? I, um, I have a similar story, except with um, okay. well, not that similar, but I, it was also in music. I did piano for a good um, ten years, starting when I was like really, really young. Like it was like between the age of five to seven or something, and then I quit. Um, I think the beginning of high school, and like at first, I did really enjoy it because uh, I think as someone young, like just learning something new was really interesting and seeing that progress was also really good it's just like at a certain point like i didn't want to do it like i wanted to take a break but i couldn't and or like it it was like so boring and like monotone that i didn't want to keep going on it like i know there were things i could have done better to learn faster but i didn't know what those were just like you said alex with your guitar thing and every once in a while, I would, like, find a song I really like, and, like, just off YouTube or something, and I would try to learn it. And that's the only time I really, like, found fun in music. Uh, my brother is actually doing it now, but I think the difference between, like, his continuing motivation and my lack of it was that he likes making music, and he's the one who asked to, like, take piano lessons, whereas I just like was forced into it and forced to stay okay so it's this lack of internal motivation right yeah internal motivation is definitely like the way to put it okay i have my own uh music story so i i got into guitar as well back in freshman year so about five years ago and I'd pick it up on and off. Like, sometimes I would want to do nothing but just play. And other times I just would rather just play video games. The times that I did play, I really felt good about the fact that I could still do something. But then when I went to college and I brought my guitar with me, I met some really talented guitarists. And... 
I talked to them and they, they were in bands. Like they had been in multiple bands throughout high school and released several albums. And this one guy invited him into my dorm to play. And he was just making something really beautiful on his guitar. And he wasn't even thinking about it. Meanwhile, I was struggling to uphold like the basic scales because when I learned guitar, it was not practical. I was just learning songs. And so I asked him like, how'd you get so good? And he said he gave up video games for guitar. In those four years, we started playing guitar at the same time uh, around freshman year of high school. The only difference is that he stuck to it and made it his passion where I would kind of treat it as like a thing off to the side. I do still have some goals in music, but for now it's just there's other priorities, I guess. And but I'll still be looking at it thinking one day I'll pick it up again and try to do what I wanted to do. So would you say that your experience talking to him dissuaded or persuaded you to keep doing it? Because it sounds like it might have dissuaded you. It, it's kind of, see, the thing is like on, at the time it dissuaded me because I was like, oh, okay. So I guess I j- I'm just not good enough. But I don't know. He said it in a really, he said it in a really careful way that if you put work into it, you'll get something out of it. And I'm just at that plateau and I haven't broken through. So I would say he's more persuaded me than dissuaded. All the dissuasion has just been in myself because when I came back from college, um, I just kind of left the guitar like, in the garage it's not even in my room so it's i can't even reach out to it so i guess that ease of access is something but as far as how that made me feel i don't think it dissuaded me from the guitar it's just it, it in fact it i say it would serve to continuously remind me that i want to pick this up again Thanks for sure. It might also show you that you can do it, right? He did it. And yeah. he had similar circumstances. Mm-hmm. I think it's that uh, there's that aspect of um, what, what were your initial thoughts when you heard him say that he gave up video games? Like, did you, did you think that if I want to be as good as him, I also have to give up video games or give up something. I remember thinking, and I remember telling him this, that I'm not ready to give up video games. And he said, that's totally fine. You don't need to give it up. It's just, I gave it up and put more time into it. Cause I, I spend like, I'd say, almost on average four to six hours a day playing video games. And I'm just imagining like he, this this guy 
spends that much time playing the guitar instead. Right. So, I just remember thinking I'm not ready to give it up, but I never actually like thought about that. I don't actually have to give it up. I just have to set aside time for time for video games and then time for guitar. And that's another like discipline thing that I working on i guess okay i think i had a similar experience going into college like uh i think part of it uh let me actually start with it so i like writing um rap specifically like lyricism and all that jazz and during the introduction uh, camp that i went to for my college there on the way back i was like kind of out of it and i was tired and i was just like writing and i didn't want to like socialize and then the guy sitting next to me uh, i didn't know him he sees i'm writing and he asks what are you writing and i'm like oh i'm just writing li- rap lyrics and he's like oh that's cool and then the guy behind me hears and he's like dude you write rap i do too i freestyle and i'm like oh shoot it's a freestyler like in rap, uh, freestyle is known as like the more socially acceptable form of the art. And like, if you can do it, you're pretty good, but you're also probably worse at writing. So this guy like automatically has more street cred than I do. So I'm like jealous. And then he starts talking about other people and I'm just like sitting here writing and listening to them like freestyle rap. And he's like really good. And then he's like, yeah, I've released some songs before. And like, honestly, it got to the point where it's like, shoot, what am I even doing here? I feel so demotivated because this guy is really good and I'm here and I'm just terrible in comparison. And then like, maybe, like, I think it was a straight year later over the summer, I remembered him and I'm like, you know what? Screw this guy. I'm going to try my, my heart out. And I like started learning to freestyle for a good like month. Like, it's probably dormant right now, but, like, the motivation came back in, like, almost like a revenge type of form. And another part of it is, like, uh, me and G both went to a very small school. So if you had a skill, you were most likely specialized within a group of, like, maybe three people. And I remember being there, and I remember, I feel like I'm, like, the best lyricist here in terms of rap in terms of like poetry and it's like it's like my thing and then like going into college and like there's so many people that are better than you like you lose that sense of identity but at the same time like that motivation creeps back up later on yeah i agree at the school that we went to i was more of like i guess people knew me as just like the local metalhead and sometimes I would come to school with my guitar with my hair open and they would just recognize that and be like yeah that's what this guy is he is our go-to if we ever need any information or just want to listen to metal which I did actually get a few people on that train but anyways yeah I agree that Uh, Once you get into the college, right, where the 
pool of students exponentially increases that you will find more people like you and sometimes they'll be better than you so it's it's you you got to decide for yourself if you want to stick to it or if you want to um you know improve and get on their level or even try to surpass them right i think for me i've um it wasn't music for me it was um it was something else growing up i've never really been naturally good at anything it's sort of just all been uh, a combination of discipline and hard work of whatever i've done whether it was uh, basketball in seventh grade i used to be very very bad at basketball but i practiced every day would skip lunch and just practice and practice and ultimately i got i think good but i got decent and i played basketball in eighth grade as well but when i went to high school i wasn't good enough for tryouts at least i didn't think i was good enough for tryouts and the basketball team so i just sort of i gave it up and I, I kind of wish I hadn't because if I'd kept practicing basketball, then I would have been a lot better than I was uh, even in eighth grade. And to me, it's just always been that issue whenever I've done, I think I've really only taken up three major hobbies in my life. And for each one of them, I've never been naturally good at any of them. And it's always just been when I first started, it's, you know, I'm, I'm like the worst person I can think of. And slowly but surely, each and every day is a slow improvement on its own. And I think that's one of one of the main reasons why I never really compared myself to other people, which is something I've, I, I would say that. I'm, I'm proud of for doing because I'll, I see a lot of people who compare themselves to other people. But since I was never naturally gifted at anything, the only person I tried to compare myself to was me from yesterday. And my only focus with anything has had always been getting better with each day. And that was the same for drawing, which is, I think had been, has been a major part of my life for many years i've been i've been drawing since i was i don't know second first second grade when i was six seven years old and i used to love drawing so much i remember that uh i used to the teachers would get mad at me because of how much i drew uh in class and over the at first when i was a child I, my drawing wasn't necessarily oriented towards something it was just me drawing whatever I wanted at the time and then slowly as I went into high school it sort of shifted to uh, portraits of people pencil portraits photorealistic portraits and that's something I chased for a long time 
trying to achieve um, a photorealistic effect using pencils. And it's after I moved away from Stockton in 11th grade to Berkeley, uh, sorry, in, in senior year, it sort of dwindled. I mean, the hobby was still there, but the discipline dwindled because I got so engrossed in classes and uh, some of the extracurriculars that I just sort of never really gave it any thought. And I think a main part of that was uh, a change in environment because one of the biggest things that contributed to my drawing was just my room and my table. And I had all my supplies there and I could sit down every day and I would work on a drawing for hours or weeks. And I would, you know, stay up till three in the morning, just working on a single portrait. And that wasn't, that sort of uh, dwindled as I moved to Berkeley and the load of classes just meant that something had to give. But, I mean, I still do draw sometimes now, but it's it's definitely not as frequent and it's it's not as time consuming as it used to be. And I, I do wish that I had kept it up even throughout uh, my high school and even now because I do sometimes find myself wishing to go back and uh, change the past, but obviously can't change the past. But if there's anything I've learned over the years of my experiences with hobbies, it's that the first day, it's always the worst, and you just have to be patient. That's the, that's the main thing I learned from all of this. It's always been patience, is that you just got to be patient with everything each and every day. And you have the long-term goals in mind, but the main thing is just to uh, go up the ladder one step at a time. I thought I'd add something related to that incremental kind of practice, right? Like yeah. you have to do it every day. Yeah. Things like guitar is an example, but it can extend to anything that's physical in any way, I think. Mm-hmm. So things like muscle memory. Right. And remembering information mm-hmm. is a lot better given like a repetition right so things like guitar even if it doesn't feel like you're improving you got to do it every day just so you don't necessarily have to do it every day but every day even if it doesn't feel like you improve you do improve kind of below the surface right right like, i've been doing uh, mobility training recently and some weeks i'll see like no improvement at all mm-hmm. but then like one day i'll just be able to like touch the ground with my knuckles with my legs straight or something like that right and you know it's really hard to measure things like that 
but it's just the emphasis on the importance of continuous practice, even though it feels like you're at a plateau. Right. I remember my martial arts instructor said the same thing about muscle memory, that it's something you just, you got to do, you got to practice. That's the only way. Practice makes perfect. Practice the way you perform. It's a lot of um, things like that that I've kind of internalized over the years. Now, I haven't gone to martial arts since like senior year. Um, I stopped martial arts after I became a second degree black belt. And mostly it was just focus on stuff like college and college applications. But the stuff that I did there still sticks with me. Like it's, you learn these things like form and common sense and how to diffuse a situation and it's not it's not just physical it's also social as well so there are a lot of teachings in there that i've just kind of ingrained myself over the years because every time i'd go into class we would be repeating that i remember when i was a white belt all i had to do to progress was to show that I had the correct form for a jab and a cross and a kick, a front kick. And that was it. But the jab cross and the front kick, I would have to say are probably as far as form goes, my cleanest techniques because I've done them so many times. And Whenever I do some, whenever I did it incorrectly, I would immediately be corrected or made an example of it in front of the class. So definitely, like, man, I miss martial arts. If you were to practice martial arts again, how long do you think it would take for you to get to the point where you were uh, a senior year when you were a second degree? Honestly, not very long because I remember all the techniques. Like they're still in my muscle memory. Even though I haven't done a form in two years, I could probably redo it and it would be like to the exact same. The only difference now is that my muscles aren't as toned to the kind of activities in martial arts. Like you in martial arts, for example, your calves get tired very quickly and as well as your shoulders because you're always keeping your hands up and you're always bouncing on your toes. So I think it would take about a week, maybe two weeks to get back into that uh, physique for it. But then everything after that is just what I've already practiced and building upon that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of um, there's a lot to say about muscle memory within physical activity because uh, there's a lot of uh, there's research done, and it shows that people who uh, start lifting weights for the very first time 
when they get to a certain point in their physique and they just stop and they lose all of their gains, so to speak. And they start it again after a while. It doesn't take as long as it did the first time because of muscle memory. So muscle memory in that case, it sounds like, so they lose their gains, right? Right. So what part of muscle memory has to do with them? So they get their gains back more quickly, right? Right. That's when I associate or when I talk about muscle memory, it sounds more focused on movement, mm-hmm. but regaining muscle faster. I think it as has part of muscle memory is interesting. I think it has to do with um, the muscle memory in regards to repairing the muscle. After uh, a workout and after it, gets torn into um i'd have to look at it more but uh, i've often heard of it being referred to as muscle memory okay well that's a, those are hobbies that we've uh sort of lost over the years what about hobbies that we have now what are some hobbies that you guys have now that you plan on not letting go. And giving uh, a reason that would be good as well. Before we continue, though, uh, could we like try redefining a hobby? Because um, I didn't say this earlier, but I should have. Uh, it kind of irked me that like, because I don't think school's a hobby. Uh, I'm on Merriam-Webster right now, and they say their definition of hobby is a pursuit outside one's regular occupation engaged in especially for relaxation. I don't I think, think, I think that school, like primary school and high school, those are requirements. Those are, those are not hobbies, but college and going out to learn more in college can be a hobby if that's your thing. But if you're, if you're doing something against your will, or, like, because you have to. That's not a hobby. I mean, hobbies have often been referred to as just activities you do in your free time. So that's, uh, if, if we're talking about your daily schedule, then your class schedule for each of the quarters in college wouldn't, wouldn't be considered a hobby. So it's yeah. just free time spent away from uh, business and work and uh, education so this is a good opportunity to talk about the name of the podcast because <laughs> oh, yep go ahead true leisure so true leisure is based off of aristotle's um, attitude towards leisure so the way that he defines it from what i recall is anything that improves you other than work right an activity where you find uh the greatest fulfillment right okay yeah yeah so 
fulfillment can be achieved through doing things that will make you proud, basically. The the goal was eudaimonia when you're at bed, in, in bed at the end of the night, and you think back on all the things that you did in the day, and you have this pride, right? Mm-hmm. So, for this reason, he included learning under the definition of leisure. And so that's why I put it under hobbies when mm-hmm. I was defining it at the beginning. Right. But um, just this is kind of a tangent on the title or the, the name of our podcast. Right. So the it goes back to the goals that we had at the beginning of right. discussing things and even though they're difficult and we have to pull from certain areas of our brain that we don't use very often, mm-hmm. it's still beneficial in the long run. And right. we can share these ideas with other people and hopefully encourage it. Right. So that's that's my spiel. If you guys have anything to add to that. We, and unless uh, we want to just go back to the topic we were... I have something really quick to add. And it's, it's just like a sort of argument against uh, what Aristotle thought of as leisure. It's not just... It's not an argument specifically against him, but it's just a an argument or a statement that I've heard posed. And it's by uh, an author named Joseph Piper. And he wrote a book called Leisure, the Basis of Culture. And he basically posed a question is that for most people, the working day is the normal day. So the question is that can a human be satisfied with being only a worker? And or can human existence be fulfilled in being exclusively a work day? And for his answer was no. So he says that uh, if we focus too much on uh, the the aspect of leisure that makes us uh, learn, or not not learn, but its ability to prepare us for work, then he says that that is the opposite of what he says. That's not the true essence of what leisure is. Can you repeat that last part? I didn't quite get it. He said that um, if we focus on the uh, idea of leisure in which, like Aristotle said, the part where we learn or the part that allows us to, the part that prepares us to do work, then that is not the true essence of what leisure is. That's a a take uh, by uh, Max Frenzel. He wrote an article on Medium where he uh, basically he says, true leisure is much more than the absence of work. So in in a sense, the the idea is similar in that true leisure isn't just doing nothing. But But his take is that Joseph Piper said, True leisure is also not considered to be work. 
because that takes away from the essence of what true nature is. Okay. Not to diverge too much, but I'm right. just going to say this. The, I think a big distinction to make is do you enjoy your work or not, right? If you're mm-hmm. passionate about your job, then I think that it is possible and likely that you will be fulfilled by the end of the day, as long as it's something that you are passionate about. Like I get if you're a dead end job, like cashier or something like that, that you don't care about, then Mm leisure is going to be not part of that job. Right. And that's a good segue into hobbies that we have today that we want to hold up in the future. I personally, I want to talk about game development because it's my passion and it's also my future occupation. So I enjoy making games. I've made my first game back in my first video game back in ninth grade, but I've made board games before then. And I've always like, I I know my enjoyment with video games wasn't just with playing them, it was also with making them. And so I went into college to study to be a computer game design major. So, but it's not, you don't have to not, you don't, you don't have to limit your, um, your job to just what you're learning or what you're working at. You can, if you really enjoy what you're doing, then you can even do it on the side. So uh, my example is that I've been developing some games over the last few months. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've just been setting aside more and more time for it. And part of it is just building my portfolio. But the other part of it is me building up the experience and just feeling fulfilled that I did something, that I created that game. And so I would argue that though it is leisure that I'm working on these games, it's also helping me in the long run with my, with my job. Right. So, in uh, in that aspect, what if in the future you say, if you go into the idea, into the not the idea, into the field of game development, would you say that would you consider that to be leisure? Working in the field of game development. Yeah. Well, yes and no. I would. Since it's a job that I would enjoy doing, I would consider it, but again, it's your job. So I think the real like leisure part that I was trying to get at was working on video games when there's no pressure to do so. Either like there's no one at school telling you to make one for an assignment, or there's no one at work that's telling you to stick to a deadline. It's just you and your own interests, and you want to make this game. So you're making it. Right. 
And that's what I think leisure can be. It doesn't, it's work related, but it's fulfilling. Alex, any hobbies you have now? It's kind of related to the one that she was talking about before. We all play Dungeons and Dragons. And it definitely develops, other than it being fun, right? Mm -hmm. It definitely develops social skills and fosters creativity. So, you know, I don't have that much else to say about it other than I do enjoy doing it. Okay. But uh, so it's, it's kind of the essence of a hobby is you enjoy doing it and it's you can like show something for it. Right. Ethan? I guess, yeah, I'm just going to keep doing it. It's hard to say. Uh, I've been out of it recently. Like, the closest thing to a hobby I do consistently right now is, like, skateboarding, but that's also, like, a means of transportation for me. Like... Uh, I have, like, a list of things that I've been, like, I haven't been actively doing it as of recent, but it's, like, it's, like, stuff I did recently but gave up because of school, because I'm just too tired to do it. So, like, a few of those examples would be, like, like it, the rap I was talking about earlier. Uh, I've been trying to work on vocals, but it's really hard to, like, find a place to start. And, like, when you have roommates, it's really different than, like, living with your family. So right. when you're trying to do like vocal practice and like there's like a little space under your door that all sound passes through, it feels really awkward. I won't lie. Do you so, guys not have a uh, music practice rooms? I mean, I'm in an apartment right now. So I'm in in the uh, in your college. Uh I don't know. I just know that like. The classes themselves are reserved for the music students, so I don't even know if I would be allowed to use them had I had the option. Hmm. Like, like there's a few, like, barriers to entry that I should be trying to break through. It's just, like, I haven't had, like, the mental capacity to. Right. Just because of whatever else is distracting me. I don't know if your college is, like, an urban one, but... At least for me, uh, I have something similar where I sometimes would want to work on my vocals, right? My death growls. And I, the, the beautiful thing was that there was a spot. The Santa Cruz is a forest. There's so many spots, but there was one spot that uh, I could always go to just behind my dorm building. And I would just find a spot and just bang some sticks together and just scream when I'm mad or just trying to express and there's nobody there. So I, that, that's my, I guess I I could do that because I, 
at Santa Cruz and it's like a forest, but I don't know if, I, even if it's urban, I su- I would encourage you to maybe find a spot where you could do this kind of stuff without judgment. Like, I think I just have to get over like the judgment thing, honestly, because there's nowhere for me to go for the most part. I basically live in like a downtown, like high city type of area. Like the closest thing we have to any like natural environment is like a hill that all the kids go up to to like make out and smoke weed like that's that's not exactly the best place to um practice vocals so i think i'm just gonna like do it but like again it's just like being mentally there because if you're not ready for it you're not ready for it and you can force yourself to do it but if that force doesn't push you over the edge to keep going, it's really hard to keep that hobby going. And right. like, it's just not sustainable. Right. I think for me, it's uh, the main hobby that I, I have to mention is music for me that I have currently. Uh, Indian classical music, Sikh musicology. That's, um, that's been a major part of my life for the past past five years or so it's just it, it started off as an activity where the, the first time I ever uh, learned what it was was a, I would think I was about seven eight nine years old I think and I learned for about a year and that sort of dropped off and then I learned again a few years later for a few months. And then again, that dropped off. Then in freshman year of high school, I started learning again. And I kept that up. And I've kept it up up until now. And there's been a few roadblocks along the way, you know, moving to college, not having access to uh, classes, um, not finding good places to practice. But I've... I, I, I've tried to keep it up as as best as I could. And it, it started off as an endeavor that I was uh, sort of put into by my dad because my dad uh, is a huge Indian classical music fan. And he, he always wanted uh, me to learn. And I've, like I said, I was, I've never really been naturally good at anything. So I was just borderline tone deaf in terms of vocal vocals and music. But again, just that aspect of patience and keeping it up every day and practicing every day is just, uh, you never realize that you're improving. And I think the biggest reason for that is that with something like singing, you never realize how you're improving because you, even if you don't have set goals, if you practice singing every day, every day, you do get better. And I have proof of that because I listened to recordings of myself singing from two years ago and I sound, it's like nails on chalkboard to me. And I listened to it into a recording from one year ago and it's a lot better than the recording from two years ago 
and I listen to a recording now, and it's better than the recording from one year ago. And it's just that even though I don't realize, if even though I don't know I'm improving, the improvement is still happening. And to me, music has been a huge part of my life for you know so many years. And uh, Ethan, like you said, like a, like you said, the whole uh, idea of trying to get over the judgment part, I, I definitely feel you. Because when I went to UC San Diego, I couldn't find a good place to practice. Uh, there were there were music rooms, but I had to walk, and I had to take my instrument there. And the I think the biggest part about that was that they blocked some of some of the sound, but not all of it. So whatever you sang or whatever you played was pretty uh, audible to the people outside if they walked past your room and to me it was I had to get over that part because everybody else is you know playing piano or the violin or they're singing opera and here I am belting out Indian classical music and it was just that I'm like if people hear me sing this what are they going to think and then I realized that I'm not doing this for anybody else. I'm doing this for myself only. And to me, I had to, first I had to accept it in myself that this isn't something that uh, I'm worried. I'm not worried about any judgment from other people. I'm, I'm doing this for myself. And this is music. I mean, if uh, just because they don't, uh, the, this might not be something that they've heard. It is music to me, and it's music to 1.3 billion people who live in India. Uh, I think that's that's just the main hobby that I have right now that I could think of. So, what I want to know is, what are you guys' motivations for for these hobbies? Because I know he said, because that's going to be his job in the future, which like. That, and he also enjoys making games. Do you guys have this, like, further goal that you kind of look at as, like, a gauge of what you should be doing or how well you're doing? Because, like, for me, I know it's not super clear, but relatively. So for, for rap specifically, for you to go from just writing stuff down to full-on production is the leap is just massive for whatever reason because let's put it this way writing stuff on paper like after you get used to it like it just becomes like it's almost like muscle memory but with like your brain like you just start recognizing the patterns you know how to make certain wordplay just off like a basic idea and everything just like it flows naturally right when you move on to like turning it into a song, suddenly like you have to get someone to produce the beat for you. If not, you have to produce it yourself. Then when you actually practice it after either memorizing it or like practicing like the cadence or AKA the way you say the word. Now you see, Oh, there's a problem with this line. Oh, this line doesn't exactly sound right. Right. And uh, at least for me, like when I tried making a song, 
my problem was the my vocal range and like just how my voice sounded wasn't natural to me and like you don't see these until you actually practice something what is your range by the way are you a tenor i don't know i don't i don't know like the technical terms for range i just know that what i was able to do wasn't enough to make me satisfied with at least my like rapping repertoire Mm -hmm. i think but like uh what, what i was trying to get to sorry but uh so my goal is to release an album like whether it's good or not and if it's good enough or if the album after that is good enough i want to keep producing so what are your guys's like more long-term goals with your hobbies if you have them i think i'll answer that because uh mine is within music so i think you could probably relate to some of this for me when i first started learning music indian classical music and sikh musicology it's the way it's based it's sort of just an endless ocean of things to explore you know there's a because music in india is not music like in the west it's not nothing it's not fixed compositions it's like 95 percent improvisation within a set scale or a set scale of notes so the main thing when i started learning my motivation was two things it was learning new scales because there's so many uh, they're called rogs in in uh, in, uh, in classical terminology where you have set notes out of the 12 notes in an octave and there's some combination of those 12 notes makes a scale and in indian classical music there's just hundreds upon thousands of scales to learn and within those there's hundreds of thousands of ways to improvise a composition so to me i had like three types of goals i had long-term goals i had medium-term goals and i had short-term goals so as far as the short-term goals go every time i learn a new composition it's always to improve upon each and every line of that composition or to improve a certain run within that composition. The medium term goals were, are to learn uh, the different scales that I could learn and different compositions, some of the old ancient compositions. And the super long term goals are like, you know, trying to get to a place where, uh, you know, I could, I can sing without any musical accompaniment or my muscle memory gets to that place where I can, I develop perfect pitch because almost all Indian classical musicians have perfect pitch. And uh, contrary to what some people might say, it's not, it doesn't have to be something that you're born with. It's, it's, you can develop it, but to me, that is my ultimate goal to develop perfect pitch within my vocal cords to the point where I can sing pretty much any note I want to. And, you know, I'm, I'm slowly getting there and it's just, it's just a matter of practice and 
trying to understand what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. I want to add on. I have, just like Ethan was mentioning, I have a ton of long-term goals with a lot of different hobbies. And some of these aren't even hobbies that I'm doing right now. They're hobbies that I've tried in the past. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'll leave it on the back burner and then go for it some other time when I actually have more resources. So just like a few examples, um, I want to release my own album as well. I want to release a controversial metal album. Um, I want to at least develop some skills in blacksmithing, knife smithing. Uh, I want to get into mycological agriculture. And I want to learn how to sail a boat and get a boating license. So those are just a few like of my interests that although I haven't really gotten much time to get into, either because um, just lack of resources or because uh, I have other priorities, those are my goals that I want to accomplish sometime in my life. I have a question for you. As far as the goals that you, and this can be short-term or long-term, as far as the goals that you have right now and the goals that you have the resources to do right now, what are some of those goals and how are you planning on accomplishing those? So the goals that I can do right now? Yeah. Okay, well, well, I'm definitely not going to be able to get a boat at this time but i definitely think like game development i can definitely do on my own because it's all on the computer uh working on the album i'm not ready to record anything yet but i can at least work on the instrumentals and just get good at whatever instrument i want to use and i guess even like for growing mushrooms it's like you can technically set up your own little farm without too much like you can just do it from scraps but again it's a lot of work to just get it set up but after that it's not a lot of maintenance Mm -hmm. i think the most costly one besides the boat one would just be smithing because there's so many pre prerequisites like you need a forge you need tools you need vices and clamps right you also need to get the metal that you can forge and you can't just use any metal because sometimes metal is galvanized and other times it's just not treated for that kind of stuff i think the closest thing i've gotten to knife smithing was taking an angle grinder and just going to work on like a rusty piece of scrap in my backyard. You mentioned game development. What specific like short-term goal do you have for game development right now? Short-term, I'm working on a game that I want to release before the end of this month. Okay. That's. I, I spent so much time on game development, I wanted to talk about other stuff. 
but yeah, any of you guys like have any future goals or not even future goals, but future hobbies that you want to, I guess, develop and make it, make it a bigger part of your life or your leisure time. So I think we diverge from Ethan's question a lot. Like, I think you asked what keeps us motivated with the things we have already, right? Ethan? Uh, more like what goals keep you motivated or okay like like where does do you ever see like the fruits of your labor coming in in the future okay yeah i think i i was addressing i was addressing that in the sense that like there were goals that i had in mind and i want to get them done in the future but as far as motivation goes if you want to talk about that go ahead guess in terms of D, since that's the hobby i brought up since it's not like a serious hobby it's just enjoyable to you, you definitely can't see the fruits of your labor especially if you're a dm when it happens and when you're playing and you see this whole thing unfold and then at the end you look back and reflect on wow we made this thing together and it's pretty cool um, for things like guitar or whatever it's definitely more long-term goals do you still have that goal of playing on tv Do we want to talk about this before we... We wanted to talk about cooking before it got super long, right? Yeah. I can give you, like, my whole psychoanalysis for that thing, but if that's... I think yeah, we I mean, it's, want it's to fine. do the thing that we, we've been working on. We can we can move on. We're getting on the hour mark. So our, okay. our, our last part was uh, hobbies that we're planning on uh, keeping in the future or hobbies that we want to uh, progress with in the future. And you said cooking, right? Yeah. So we agreed a week before recording this that we would try cooking because everyone except Akash was basically knew nothing about stuff other than like, making a sandwich. Like, like, like the very basic stuff. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, cooking. So we. I guess we can talk about our experiences with the cooking that we had over this week and talk about. Um, I'm going to talk about why I want to keep doing it. So. A lot of it's nutrition. So without... Like if you eat out all the time, the quality of the food that you're taking in is less than if you were to cook it and make it yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Gen generally. So 
part of it's just uh, longevity and also treating my body better. And then another thing could be... It's a very good people skill to know how to cook, right? You can associate with a lot more people and do fun activities that you couldn't otherwise. And one last thing I can think of is if you have goals in terms of muscle building and stuff like that, which I do, then cooking your food and measuring like exactly what goes in instead of just reading a package and stuff like that feels a lot more fulfilling and you can customize it more and hopefully you can get better results with that uh to add on to what you said um for that really last part about um your nutrition and being able to measure it yourself it's not it doesn't just feel more accurate it definitely is more accurate a lot of restaurants, I'm not accusing everybody, but Casey Neistat did a video maybe four or so years ago. He measured the calories of like a lot of fast food joints uh, and just other restaurants. And he found that most, if not all of the places were completely inaccurate. Like they, they said like, for like a sandwich that's 500 calories, it's really like 700 or 800. Like I think the stereotypical like McDonald's and Carl Jr. and like Panda were all like super inaccurate. And like that's to be expected to some degree. Uh, Subway was actually really accurate, but like it's so different than being able to cook yourself. Like there's just so many advantages. You have, you also have artistic liberty, which is cool. And yeah, socializing was one I never actually thought about because I just went to a little get together with my friend and he was like, yeah, I'll cook for you guys. And he did. And we ate there instead of like going out before. So we had more time to hang out. So that was cool. Uh, I want to hear about your guys' experiences on, on this experiment because for me, uh, I have a slightly innate sense on cooking just because uh, I talked about it with my brother-in-law. I've watched a lot of videos and I have a little cooking experience. So for me, this experiment was to get used to my new apartment kitchen and like figure out what, what I have to do. Like, I think the most underrated part about this experiment was going out to buy food. So that you can cook it. Because oh my god. I had no idea where to go. I had to ask both my roommates who both cook. And just to find out that it's like a 15 minute walk for me. In a direction I've never had from my apartment. So how about you guys? My brother is really, really into cooking right now. Like in the last few days he's he'll look at what my mom's been preparing. And he'll be like, he'll be like nah, and then just make his own stuff. And I gotta say, like, some of his stuff is really, really good, and that's because he's put a lot of time into it. But for me personally, like, when it comes to cooking basic stuff without like any 
art to it, like just making a chicken or uh, making an omelet or stuff. I don't have that innate sense of knowing when it's done. I think the last time, I mean, we did do cooking, but before this, the last time I cooked something was some bacon and it turned out to be like too burnt because I thought it was supposed to be like that, but no, it, it wasn't. Um, I wasn't really comfortable doing much more than just sandwiches, but I did make a few cool ones that took more than two seconds to put together. Okay. That's good. A lot, like what, what was in it? Um, so I chopped up lettuce, I peeled an avocado and put mustard, some cheese, just a basic like veggie sandwich, I guess. Mm -hmm. okay how about you alex so um i had a pretty good time so i've been cooking with my mom for a little bit she basically just has me do the boring stuff like cook uh (laughs) cutting stuff but um now doing the full thing by myself so i did three things i made I tried to do three different things that were pretty simple. So I made a like a grilled cheese as good as I could. Um, I made like oven fries from potatoes we had in the garden. And uh, this morning I made some soup with vegetables and some spices and stuff like that. And um, one thing I noticed was There's that feeling of pride when you make something yourself, right? I'm more likely to eat it and finish it if I made it. Just because I have a better idea of the work that goes in, maybe. On top of that, uh, it felt like my knife skills with just the using the weight of the blade and holding it correctly and cutting more efficiently got a lot better even just doing three things right so i can dice onions pretty well and make them pretty fine now okay mr flex (laughs) yeah look at how look at how cool i am i tried (laughs) for one day onion man (laughs) and the adventures yeah i'm not gonna lie uh i low-key cheated uh i just did really basic so I did an omelet with like bell peppers and cheese, and then I cooked bacon in an oven, which was kind of weird with my roommate. And then this morning I just did bacon and eggs. I, I swear to God, I wanted to do like like a mini steak, but like I couldn't thaw it in time. And I was like, shoot, we have to record. So I was just like, screw it. I'm going with the classics. Right. Okay. And I can't, I can't confirm that eggs cooked in bacon fat sunny side up are, are pretty good. They're really strong, but they're pretty good. Just don't don't oversalt it, dear God. I think now would be uh, Akash. Did you have anything? I think my experience with cooking has been on and off over the years. I mean i I've been pretty I've gotten pretty adept at making sandwiches because of. Used to, me and my dad, we used to do the 
uh, Gino's, we used to do the homeless shelter thing. Oh, where we make sandwiches for the homeless. So, but other than that, when I moved to Berkeley, I, I started cooking more and I cooked pasta on multiple occasions and it wasn't like the boring old pasta and sauce. It was like a pasta with sauteed vegetables and you okay. uh, you boil the pasta and then you saute the vegetables in a pan and then you add the pasta and the sauce to everything and then you sort of cook it all on, on the pan and it comes out pretty nicely. Um, but other than that, you know, there's little things that, you know, uh, contribute. Uh, learning how to dice onions multiple ways is one way, is one thing. Uh, boiling rice is also even, it's, it's pretty simple, but uh, knowing when the rice is done, it, uh, it sort of helps build that instinct with cooking. Right. I think now would be good to talk about any obstacles we had. I've got a couple. So one huge thing. So I'm kind of, I have perfectionist tendencies to my disbenefit. And it showed up here for sure, because a lot of it's like overwhelming when you start cooking. Like, what do I make? How do I make it with the stuff I have? What if I don't have ingredients? Why would I bother doing it, right? And then you have to put in all this work, like searching for stuff when you honestly could just make whatever you want. It's just, um, I think the one thing I read was the bigger thing is knowing what the ingredients are for, right? Because otherwise it's just following a, I guess it's just following instructions. But once you know what they're, they're for, then you can substitute and you don't have to worry about having every single thing, right? Mm -hmm. And then it gets a lot less overwhelming. So cooking, like a lot of other hobbies, like guitar especially, is there's no... It's pretty open-ended and there's no perfect formula for getting good at it. Mm -hmm. And that makes it harder without a lot of resources and it's harder to start because you don't know what to do. Right. Right. So the, the best way that I could find to combat that problem of what do I do? Because you know, there's so much you could do is to just pick something and do it. And that's it. You just, pick something commit to it and you see where it goes right so if you guys had any similar things or any other obstacles that you thought were significant oh for me again it was just not knowing when stuff was ready like either doing it too early or stopping it too early or um ending it too late and whatever happened like i would just whatever i just would eat it anyway 
because I made it and I'm like, okay, that's whatever. I never, I didn't really have the same perfectionist tendency. I was just like, I don't like this and I never want to do it again. It's just like, you're either going to throw it away or you're going to waste it and no one else is going to eat it. So you kind of have to. I want to re-explain the perfectionist thing real quick. So my thing was, I don't want to make it perfect. It's just, I want to get as good as possible as quick as possible. So I don't care if the thing turns out like horrendous, right? It's just, I was saying that to lead into the part of what do I do? Because there's so much stuff I could do and it's overwhelming. Hmm. So uh, go ahead, Ethan. I was just going to kind of segue. So, like, cooking was one of the future hobbies that we had. Was there... Did we miss anyone on the other future hobbies you guys wanted? Because I know G said he wanted to get into blacksmithing, but the barrier to entry is kind of high. And how about anyone else? Alex? Um... Akash, if you have anything, go first. But I want to talk about guitar. Uh, for me, I've. Like I want to. One of the future hobbies, I, I wanted to get into it, but then COVID hit, so I couldn't. Well, I can't right now, but uh, there's a uh, military Krav Maga school in San Diego near my college where uh they have where they teach krav maga but it's not like the watered down martial martial arts like a lot of schools teach here where they it's basically just a scam for your money but it's it's like an actual martial arts self-defense krav maga school where they uh teach uh where they have uh, navy seals and marine corps members teach their students and they also train policemen and that that's something i wanted to get into when i went back but now that because of the whole covid situation i'm gonna put that off uh maybe a year or so so uh krav maga and uh jujitsu i wanted to get into mm-hmm. uh I think I'll go next, Alex. I think you should round off the episode with the guitar thing. Does that sound good? Yeah, I have one thing to say before the guitar thing, and then I'll say it. But um, yeah, no, after you uh, go, okay. So, I think I have the problem where I find interest in too many things, and I like I have this like urge to be independent. So like, I don't want my brother to be making like producing music for me, even though he's really good. I, I want to be able to do that myself. Uh, I like a game design and I want to be able to make my own games, but I also want to draw the art for it, even though I have no experience. So my three things for future hobbies is one, I want to learn to shuffle. It's a type of dance that's in pop culture right now. I want to draw and I want to do music production. But like, I have to keep in mind that like, I might be spreading myself too thin. Like, it's definitely possible to learn all these things and be, like, sufficient at them. But 
It's incredibly impractical. At least it seems like it. So I'm going to see where that takes me. Okay, Alex, go ahead. Right. I have one response to the thing you were saying before. Like, it's kind of overwhelming choosing what to do. It's similar with occupation, like what major you should pick, because, you know, I want to do multiple things, and I would probably be happy with multiple things, but then am I not specializing enough in one of these things? Am I, like, dampening my potential? I don't really know how to address that, but you know, I think that's something important to keep in mind. One of my favorite sayings is the jack of all trades, master of none, is always better than a master of one. That's just my two cents. Oh, well. I've never heard of that before, but dope. All right, Alex, you want to go into the guitar thing? Sure. So bef before talking about that, um, I think one other hobby I think would be awesome to redo. I didn't mention this, but I used to do gymnastics a lot, like every week. And sorry about that, but I could do, I was like intermediate and I enjoyed going. And I honestly never noticed, but I had pretty good muscle tone especially my back and then I stopped because it felt like a pain to keep going but now that I have this better internal locus of control if I have this drive to do it again um for the guitar thing so I watched this video by um iron and wine if you guys know who that is and he sings uh time after time by uh, i forgot her name it's like an 80s song by cindy lopper or something and he's just so good his voice is awesome and the way he plays is really awesome and He's very popular as a result. And uh, whether or not it's healthy or whatever, I have this like voice in the back of my mind that's telling me that it's not necessarily bad, but it's telling me I am from this heritage and I should be doing this. Like, the fact that I don't want to do it is just resistance to my true calling, even though there's no way to really quantify it. So, I do want to get back into guitar now that I'm... My mental faculties are developed enough that I can actually practice efficiently and evaluate myself. Because um, I don't know that when I used to do it, I was in a pretty awkward situation. So we'll see where that goes. 
Um, trying to think what else what else is there um i'm i'm kind of afraid that some of it's or all of it's just this social responsibility because i promised that i would do this thing for my grandpa and like he's like 80 so you know how that goes Mm -hmm. so it's kind of this stress in the back of my mind like i gotta do this now or else you know, I'm just going to regret it forever. I think that's, like, good to an extent. Like, it's a yeah. it's an external form of motivation. Because, like, as much as I'd like to think, like, each of us can act completely independently, like, there, there's, like, an extent to it. And, like, sometimes that extra push from the outside really helps you. Like... I didn't start trying to make, like, a full-on song for my rap until, like, some, like, what is it? Like, semi-celebrity, like, rapper had a challenge where everyone submits a song. And I was like, screw it, dude, I'm gonna try. And, like, I don't think I would have done it if it wasn't for that opportunity, you know? And, like, you're given an incredibly unique one and it just like it depends on how you treat that motivation or push right i do have a question and i apologize in advance but if your grandfather passes and you haven't fulfilled this would you give it up and just say okay well i don't have to worry about it anymore or are you the type of person who would continue it because somewhere in your somewhere in your mind you feel like you need to carry on his legacy in that regard something like that right i genuinely have never thought about it just because the idea is so painful so i've always treated this idea like it's it's gonna happen. It's gotta happen. There's no other option, right? Yeah. Um, I think that's the best response I can give to that. If it's right. any input, uh, I feel like you're the type that would like be the one to carry on the legacy. Like, like you have that like emotional bond towards both your grandpa and like the art form. Mm-hmm. Like you seem like you would like. All because, like, something happens to disrupt it doesn't mean you're going to stop. Like, there's you you've now have, like, a new reason if that was the case. Yeah, definitely. One thing I'll say is talking about it and hearing what you guys think about it is making me want to do it a lot more. You should. Yeah, I think, I think like, having, like, that community that, like, pushes you constantly is, like, what keeps something going like uh i always forget about hobbies but like like i wrote poetry in ninth grade and i'm only doing it now because i have a class uh i don't like uh martial arts that much but like if i see someone else doing it i get the drive it's like i think filling ourselves with some motivation from external factors every now and then is good but like we can't rely on it, you know? 
Absolutely. Just the Colon G's example, like I'm assuming the um environment where you would practice martial arts was incredibly conducive to improvement with the your teacher always like pointing out mistakes and trying to help you get better. Yeah, definitely. And all the students are also like, yo, 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 you got to keep it up. You got to step it up. That was that environment. Right. And that's, I think that's a lot of the benefit to school. It's just that environment of like-minded people doing the same thing. Right. I mean, in my, in my own personal experience, there was a bit of a hiatus that I had back in senior year where I didn't have any sort of music class for a whole year, but I practiced every single day for ranging from one to three hours. And I would say that the improvement that I got in one year practicing every day for an average of two hours and the improvement that I got practicing uh, one to two hours a day with class for a month was a lot more than the year. Because when you have a person who's a master of that skill, of that field, tell you have class with them even once or twice a week and they point out mistakes and they tell you different techniques or different secrets that is more conducive to improvement than just practicing by yourself yeah that that sounds pretty pretty good uh does anyone else have any closing words since we're we're almost out of time here i have something i would like to share really briefly but if anyone else wants to go first Go for it. All right. Um, I only recently learned this from uh, one of G's favorite YouTubers. Uh, he's a StarCraft player. His name is Loco. And I realized how like intelligent he was, like, or at least the statement was, like way after he said it. He said, if you want to get better at StarCraft... You have to think of one thing and focus on it. You don't care about anything else in that in that game that you're practicing. You just do that. And I he said it could apply to everything else. And I think he has some merit with where he's going. Like if you guys you guys have practiced your your hobbies for long amounts of time probably. But like it isn't until you like focus on hyper-specifics that, like, you'll start seeing that improvement on that specific thing. And then just your muscle memory from everything else is going to fly into it. So when it comes to efficient practice, just have many goals on the way. And I think that's going to propel us forward really well. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, for guitar, at least, I got the chords down, but I don't know any scales. So if I focus on scales then I would be significantly better. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's definitely harder, but it's totally worth the time, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's focused attention for long periods of time. 
right. as opposed to less focused. Right. Like one of the things that we do in Indian classical music is we take one scale or one run or even one line of a single composition and just practice it over and over and over again. And first you practice it at a very, very slow tempo. And then you increase the speed every 10, 15 minutes or so. And then, and these are for the runs that you have to take super fast. And the way you do, and like I said, you start very slow. And then once you slowly increase the speed every 10 minutes to the point where you're at that speed where you have to do a run, now then you don't even have to think about doing it. You don't have to think about whether you're, uh, you're going off key or off note because you've already established the notes in the slow tempo and then once you get to the super fast tempo you can do it because now the muscle memory is there yeah practice the way you perform yeah akash you want to end us off yeah i mean as if nobody else has anything to say All right. Well, that is it for our episode. I want to thank everyone for listening in. We hope you had an enjoyable time. This has been an incredibly enjoyable episode to talk about. I'm I'm very passionate about talking about music and just my hobbies in general, and I'm sure these guys are as well. And for the listeners, I know quarantine can be a challenging situation, but please hang in there. In the meantime, if you haven't already, please listen to our other episodes. Also, follow us on Instagram at True Leisure Podcast and on Twitter at True Leisure. We hope you have a wonderful day and please stay tuned for the next episode. We will be back with more exciting topics. Have a good one.